I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This, this is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Tuesday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. Syracuse falls to 13-7, after getting handled by Duke 85-71. It was never even close. Duke <laughs> with a 52-point first half. And they just couldn't miss. They shot 62.5% from the field, hitting 10 of 18 threes in the first 20 minutes. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you and Finn feedback. And we'll chat with our buddy James from Noon's Magician. We'll get his thoughts on Syracuse seasons as it's starting to wind down, maybe do some buy-seller holds. And Georgia Tech, they are playing tonight. In fact, the game, the tip just happened. So we will be back probably Thursday for the preview of that game. Syracuse falls to 50. 57th in Ken Palm and 54th in the net. And after the loss, Syracuse currently sits uh, 0-5 in quad one games with mm. the opportunity to, I know that at least, at least um, Georgia Tech is a quad one game on the road. So, you know, yeah. th- th- there is, there is that. So that. But good news. We good, rescheduled good news. a game. We did reschedule a game. That's March 3rd. That's going to be Clemson. And I believe that is a home game because we did it play is. at Clemson. So we've got we'll that two going home for games us. Where yeah. fans can go to them. Yes. Amazing. That's right. That's right. So there'll be UNC and that. And speaking of good news on the football front, too, for all of you who have been wondering as much as Joe and I have, uh, Joe, uh, <sighs> Jarvion Howard and Abdul Adams, they've returned to football activities uh, since opting out of the 2020 season, was very, very sketchy there, hit and miss, and wondering what they were going to do. Not a whole lot of news, kept it under wraps, and yeah. uh, th- I guess they're officially back. So we'll see how that goes. The depth at running back, Joe, not going to be a problem. I mean, you know, there's going to be <sighs> one hell of a rotation. You got a possible four there with Josh yeah. Josh Huff coming in. Josh Huff, a high school star right now. <clears throat> so Well, yeah, but... Yeah, that just solves a really, really big problem when it comes to football because 
we were looking into next year, especially with Jawar Jordan transferring to where, yeah, Sean Tucker was proving Cooper Lutz, I think, was a fan favorite in this Josh Huff guy coming in. We figured, okay, we'll be all right if there isn't an injury. Correct. And now it pretty much solidifies that. I think that it hurts. Uh, I think it hurts Josh Huff a little bit, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think it hurts Cooper Lutz as well. Yeah, so but... I do. I do know that he, for the first two years that he was there, uh, practiced as a slot receiver. So who knows if that's not something that he can kind of take that confidence with and maybe get some time there. But I don't know if Cooper Lutz is necessarily going to break the depth chart as far as over Jarvion and Abdul Adams if they are going to be there. But by those two sitting out for a year, they kind of unleashed a monster that might be a problem for them because in, Sean Tucker, Tucker still he still may end up being the starter. It's a possibility. And how about the one, two, three, <clears throat> when you put all three of them together as the yeah. likely starters in whatever order we'll see. But, you yeah. know, um, that's a hell of a backfield right there. Well, and now you talk so, about those three. And then just in case Cooper lets Josh, Hupp, you know, that's where we're at. So it's a lot, lot better. Right. Exactly. So, okay, let's. If we shall take a listen to what coach had to say after the loss against Duke. You know, we did the same thing that we did against Notre Dame. We know they have guys that are good shooters. We know Seward can shoot. You know, we know Roach can shoot. Obviously, we know Hurt can shoot. But in the first half, we didn't guard the guards. I think in the second half, we guard them and they made four three they, they each made four and three in the first half and one didn't make any threes in the second half and the other one made one and somebody just said in the in the locker room and i didn't even talk about who but one of the starters said well no, i didn't play defense in the first half well at this stage of the season um i don't know that that's something i can't understand um but we didn't we didn't cover shooters you know the big guy's good. He's really good. He's he's a, he's made their team. The reason I said they were better, he wasn't playing earlier. They were playing the other kid, and he wasn't playing. And he's a factor out there. I mean, he's a force. They're way better than they were. I mean, Jay Billis knows something about basketball. I know more than he knows. I said they were better. They are better. Period. I'm not bringing anybody else in the equation. It has nothing to do with any other player, here or not. I saw they were better against NC State in Wake, Virginia, and tonight. I love Quincy. He plays hard, but, you know, he can't finish against these big guys. He's got to get better at that. He's got to get better at getting to the basket and finishing. There's no excuse. We're just not coming out and getting the movement we need to get on defense. And... Everybody wants to blame the guy. Trust me, it's got nothing to do with our guards. Our forwards are not playing defense. That's the best way I can say it. They're not. They're not covering. They're not coming up. They're not. They're just not. They're not playing defense. And some of it's the guards, but the majority of it is is in the forward position. We haven't had bad losses, but we haven't had enough good wins. You know, Virginia Tech isn't enough. That's not enough. And uh, Georgia Tech's playing great. That'll be a, a harder game or harder game than this, maybe. 
and Carolina's playing great again, and whoever we play in the last game will be a good team. Uh, but, you know, we have to win games. It's simple. Our big guys, you know, they're, they're not ready to play. If they were, they'd be playing. <laughs> I don't like to lose. We're trying to give our team the best chance to win that we can give them. All right, the coach montage is brought to us by Bet Online. Bet Online, the title sponsor for the Cuse Militia and Armchair Media. Look, football's over. Professional basketball, that's going on. College basketball, of course, we're approaching tournaments. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of props for the conference and the NCAA tournament. The NHL is here. NASCAR is here. All in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all news, scores, and We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Odds, it's the best place to uh, best place to go for your bets online, and you can sign up for free. Head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code armchair. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code armchair. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you. Bet online. Okay, so, all right, Joe. Well, let's start at the top of this. I did the best I could there on that montage to whittle down 19 over 19 minutes in, into three yeah. okay so there's a lot a there. there well thank you there's a lot there yeah. there was a lot of stuff that that i would have i mean we could sit all day and, and talk about everything that he hit on but first um when you are at the in the locker room at the end of the game and you just come to coach and say hey i didn't play defense in the first half i mean first of all who did okay <laughs> but- yes one of the forwards <laughs> 
But I mean, uh, when 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 we're at that point, twenty games into the season, Joe seems a little bit ridiculous. And when you think you got a grasp on things after coming out and beating Notre Dame when you're down by twenty, uh, this 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 game just did not have the feel of that. And you begin to wonder what is going on if you got one of your guys admitting he's just not playing defense in the first half. Uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, a big concern, right? That's pretty <laughs> it's concerning. Huge concern. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 That is a big concern. Um, Billis. Billis, last night, him and McDonough, they, they just would not shut up. Uh, there was mm. a game going on. I understand it wasn't close. But, no. you know, it was a little ridiculous and unnecessary. I'll say that. It was unnecessary, I think. Just as Jay Billis had said a oh, hundred really? times, it was a little unnecessary. A little uh, unnecessary for but, them to keep but, regurgitating the same things Coach, over and over again. <laughs> they well, they 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 were like jerks in a circle, you know. If you you know what I'm saying, just mm-hmm. all you know. Yeah, yeah. Round and round we went. All and, the all uh, the while, Duke's kicking our ass and pretty much proving, proving Coach Bayheim's point. <laughs> the lack beautiful. of the lack of self awareness. From Jay Billis there. And look, I no, like Jay Billis. At that point, they were all in. Look, look. Oh. At that point, they were all in. That oh, was yeah. already set up. They had the whole oh, yeah. screenshot of Jalen Johnson oh, yeah. coming out of the time. I mean, it was the first, what, four-minute timeout, right? It was right after the first four-minute timeout. They were was getting it? right. It was quick. It was quick. Or maybe it was after the 12. I thought it might have been a little was... bit deeper, yeah. But either way. I mean. The, yeah. the, I I like Jay Billis. I just don't I agree. Do I just don't agree with him. And see, this is this is how you adult. You cannot agree with a guy, and still enjoy his commentary. Because I do enjoy just, Jay Billis's commentary. Oh yeah, but I mean, at that point, it's just, it is what it is. Like I don't, you don't yeah. have to make it about the kid. It's not about the kid. It's about the team. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Coach Beheim's got a a relationship with Coach K, and he looks and watches the games as a coach and as an evaluator. So he's going to give his honest opinion if asked a question. It's not like he went out of his way to try to seemingly disparage a kid. Correct. It was a situation where he was making a coach's observation to a team in which you know he's got a relationship with the head coach. So even if someone thought that someone was going to talk disparagingly, like disparagingly about somebody or a team, Coach Bayheim's not going to do that about Duke. Correct. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, buy, sell, or hold. Coach knows more than Jay Billis. Bye. bye. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one, bye. Maybe not uh, about lawyering, but. <laughs> Maybe not about, about basketball, lawyering. Well, yes. I yeah. Mean, pretty much. I mean, if Jay Billis would be a coach, let's just. Right, exactly. Uh, Quincy struggled, man. Quincy, uh, mm. you know, if I'm doing if I'm doing good, bad, and ugly, he's in he's in my bad. He's not in my ugly. Seven points, three for eleven, dude. The amount of stuff he missed up close, and this isn't something that's new. This has been happening this year with him. He just cannot finish, and he's having a difficult time. And look, we said in the preview for Duke, you know, Mark Williams was averaging uh, eleven minutes a game. Something like that. Well, he played 25, and he killed us. He was Ken Palm's MVP, yeah. by the way. And, yeah, of course. And um, He should be. Yeah. 18, He's the reason they won the game. Yeah, 18 points, 9 for 11. You know, uh, just he was unleashed, and he had an amazing game. I think he's a great player. And, I'm, you know, it's, it's the matchup issue. We knew we were going to see him, and, and we did. Yeah. So, well, and uh, that's the coach's point when he talked about it in the presser is that's the guy that's getting more minutes now because Jalen Johnson is gone. 
That's crazy. And you saw what happened. Yeah, so. totally. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so anyways, Q having a hard time finishing, and he's got to work on that. Look, that's something that I have not seen improve. In fact, I feel like I've seen it. Him kind of. If he hasn't improved, he's gotten worse. Some of it's tough, though. I understand it's a matchup thing. I, I like. I get it. He struggles with the bigger guys in there, but he's he's <sighs> missing stuff right there, dude. I mean, they weren't all I, contested. I know, but I think, and I again, I don't, I don't want to be like you know my father and make it a referee thing, right? But it's just some referees <laughs> call it a little bit more close to the cuff, right? Yeah. And I mean, I remember at some point it was like eight minutes left in the first half, and I looked down and I think they only had one foul called against us, and I think three or four or something against Duke or something like that. But I'm not saying that again, and not, not a lot of fouls called by the way, the bad seven for 12 for Syracuse, 80% free throw shooting team. Yeah. And they hit 58%. That sucks. Not a game well, changer, they, not a game changer, but. And that kind of goes to the point that I was making is, is that uh, we talked about it when we started winning games and we started looking good, we were running our offense through our big guys. He thinks that we have an offensive advantage with Quincy and with Dolzhai against some other teams, big guys with their quickness and being able to take it to the basket. And then even then going to the line. And when we are playing a game in which there is a referee crew where they're kind of letting them play and, you know, people are bumping people off their lines. And I mean, there was a couple of times where there should have been fouls called, um, I think when Mark and Quincy were kind of going, uh, I think that they could do a little bit better at trying to get fouls instead of making shots around them. But either way, like that's kind of how we play our game. And then we try to get them to kind of loosen up and kind of come down into the, you know, to the meat of things and try to stop our big guys or double team or help. And that's when we get our open three point shots. And when they're, when the game's getting called like that, it's tough because, um, Quincy and those guys, they're just not going to get the benefit of the doubt. And, um, that's just, that's kind of, it goes against how we want to play. And it, I mean, again, and I'm not blaming the refs. I'm just saying that certain teams play a certain way. And because we're, we don't have a true center in there, when they let them bump around and get physical and stuff, a lot of times that ends up being a negative to our game. Yes. Uh, the the guards not being part of the problem is where I disagree with Coach. I think the problems on defense is all over the place. Obviously, getting to the three point shooters, you're gonna you're gonna have more issues with with uh, Quincy and Allen, and we've seen that all year. But um, you know, Same. I think there's I just... plenty of there's plenty of blame to go around there. I think. What I mean, think? I look at that as in, in a different kind of light than you do because, again, like I mean, Buddy kind of hit it up in his presser um, and Jim a little bit too. But with the zone, once one person makes a miss, a misread or they don't do something, everyone everyone else in the zone reacts, and yes. now they're overcompensating. Yes. So it's hard. When Beheim says that it's the forwards, if the forwards aren't making the right rotations, and so the guards have to overcompensate, and then for Correct. because they do that, now so they're out of position. So hold right? on. So, so what you're saying is basically is you're saying this is three steps after. Yeah. So this is yeah. this is the accordion effect, you know. This is two to three passes after against teams that Correct. know to make those passes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And that's what happens in the two three zone. Everyone's kind of got to be on the same page. Not obviously every time you mess up, it's not gonna kill you you can you can kind of come back but the more you mess up the more open shots you're gonna allow the, the, and they hit the every more, single open shot the more you have to compensate for someone else's mistake the worse it gets the more they pass 
and which which is how we end up with five guys in the paint and an, and a, and a guy shooting a wide open shot. Yeah, so yes. that makes sense. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And like and like right. Coach says, like you you know, nobody in that presser really understands what they're trying to do. That's why Coach goes and he <laughs> rails on Quincy. <laughs> he rails on Quincy during the game. <laughs> it's crazy. Gonna kill that dog myself. Sorry, guys. We had to stop. <sighs> we we already had to stop once for the dog. So anyway, we're just gonna let it go. Okay. Um, need to win. Coach says yes. We just need to win. We don't have any good wins. I mentioned we were zero for five in quad one wins, and I think we're one for what was it? What was it? One uh, three for one in quad two. Virginia being in there. Virginia, I think, was sitting 36 in the net. I don't know if I see them getting into the quad one territory, which would have to be – they'd have to jump six spots. I don't know if I see that by the end of the year, but that's – as of right now, that's our best shot at a quad one. Right. But we do have some more coming up. I think Clemson will be one at home even, and I believe – actually, I'll have to double-check that. But the Georgia Tech one, like I said in the beginning, was we have to win. Uh, I was talking to James before the Duke game. And he's like, he's big. I think he was saying like, we need two of these last three before Clemson was added. So does that change things a little bit? Yes. This is the toughest part of the schedule though. And you have to face some very hot teams late in the season. And for a team, honestly, that is not hot. I mean, like we won three in a row and we were doing good, but we, we can drop an egg. We can drop a wet one in yeah. our pants at any What's time. What's the... What's the ranking that we need above what in net ranking for uh, one, one at home? One to 30 at home. Mm, one to 30 at home. Okay. So North Carolina and Clemson are very close. North Carolina is 33 currently and Clemson's 39. And where's Virginia so, Tech right now? They're 36 still, 35? 36. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah so we need help. We need Virginia to. We need to are we playing Virginia Tech? No, 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 no. But we, Tech, right? we beat them. But we beat Virginia oh, yes. Tech. So we want. We need them to jump. But I don't think they can jump that much in that short amount of time. But we'll see. Well, Georgia Tech's 49. But that's an away game, and it goes up to 75 away. So that's a quad one. Right. So Georgia Tech's a quad one and likely will stay a quad one no matter what for the rest of the year. Yeah. But like I said, you know, they're hot. You know, Georgia Tech's pretty good. So, <clears throat> um, anyways. Uh, need to win. Yes, absolutely. When coach, last thing from the montage, Joe, when coach says, hey, you know, I'm going to play the guys I think that that we're going to win. He doesn't want to lose. Yeah, I mean, obviously he doesn't want to lose. Mm-hmm. So it's either he doesn't know what he's doing, which I guess, you know, the fan argument could be that, you know. But at the end of the day, he's the one that's in the practices. When he talks about Woody Newton, I wanted to put this in there too, but uh, I just figured we'd mention it. You know, he says, Woody Newton is a high school senior right now, and he's just not there yet. I thought he was talking about Frank. I think he was talking about Frank, too. Well, yes, you're right. And I think he was talking about both of them, him and Frank, right? I don't think Woody Newton's supposed no, to be it's, it. No, okay, all right. Then he's talking the about that, Yeah, all right, but he's, he's talking a big guest when they're talking about big guys okay. in heaven. But did Woody Newton, did he see the floor yesterday? He did. He came four in late, minutes. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, four minutes. Right. So, yeah, I just think, I mean, Coach Beheim, he is a competitor. So that's why I just, I just laugh when I see all this, like, oh, his son and buddy and this, like, he would bench his son if he thought it gave him a better chance to win. Sorry. And deal with Julie's crap in the background. 
because he wants to win. So at the end of the day, anybody who who, who questions that, and, and you know, obviously you see something different with Kadari, and I and you see the turnaround with the coach because Kadari coming in and starting in the second half. Obviously, I mean it's the first time he's done that this year. So every all those Kadari um, chance, you know, champs. Uh, obviously, we're starting to see the, the changing of the guard. Unless Joe figures something out, but. Joe's been horrible. Five points in the last three halves. Uh, zero points. He's in my ugly. Just an awful game. 18 minutes, 0 for 4, 0 for 2, uh, and not much yeah. else. And, you know, there was a sequence that at Matt in the Hat on Twitter posted. <laughs> Did you see it? Yes. Okay. Where he dribbled behind his back. And he was like, playing hero ball by himself. He almost lost the ball. He's dribbling. He stutter stepping. He's trying to juke move these dudes. No one's biting. No one's biting. So he mm-hmm. launches up a late three from from way too deep, uh, bricks it off the back of the iron. Kadari Richmond gets the rebound, passes it off, re reevaluates his position, gets the ball, dribbles right through, and just scores the layup. And his his quote for the for the video clip was our you know par- point guard situation in a nutshell, and it really does encapsulate what what fans really <laughs> see and feel. And it was a perfect testament to basically. You know, hey, look, this is the difference. This is what right. this is what it is. If Joe can't shoot, he's not doing a whole lot else. He's in well, he- and that's the thing, right? Is we're kind of a mediocre team in the middle of the the pack that there's not a lot of national pundits that are paying attention to, and um, he can get away with some of that. And obviously, the fans are going to have their own opinions. But at some point, I mean, you got to call. You know, a spade a spade, and and he's. I mean, if he doesn't make this change soon, he's going to start. I mean, there's going to be. I'm sure he's got personal friends and coaches that are like, dude, what are you doing? Like, this yeah. guy's pretty. I mean, obviously, he's got. You know, you worry about the jump shot and everything, but he made a three last night. He did make a three, and he only took one, I believe. So he went yep. one for one, right? Yeah. So I mean. Not that that justifies anything. He could have just as easily missed that because he's not a three-point shooter, but he does have to find his groove in the scoring territory. But I like when he drives the ball. I think he does a good job. And he's long, and he gets around guys and go left-handed. You know, I mean, so. He was on the right side going left-handed, and he can go on the left side and go right I mean, he can use both hands. He's very dangerous in that situation. And, um, you know, at this point of the season, you know, there's some some players – they kind of fizzle out, um, and some players um, get a little bit better, right. right? And and work on their craft. And as the season goes on, and the Division One game slows down a little bit for them, some clicks and they get a little bit better. Like as a coach, you have to understand that, and you have to make the right. That's why Kadari played as many minutes as he did. Um, Joe's not improving. He's not. You know? He's regressing. Kadari or not Kadari? Um, Quincy. Quincy seems to be regressing for what reason don't know why but at the end of the day if we got someone behind him that is getting better coming in and and making his assignment i mean i know braswell went for one for six and he was hitting those threes in practice like coach said but um i mean if someone's getting better behind you as you're regressing what is it i mean that kind of ties the coach's hands yeah so okay all right it's going to be interesting to see the the rotations here coming up but it will, we'll it will, and we'll talk about that. We'll get to some buy-seller holds. Let's bring James on. All right, joining us now, our good buddy, 
some kind of editor, something or other, basketball beat writer, something like that. Dome Creeper uh, from Noon's Magician. Our boy, James Zuba, at James Zuba so on the Twitter. James, giving us all the great content we love, all of the shots from the sidelines. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, it's going well. Very disrespectful indeed, but... Not as disrespectful as I could possibly possibly be to myself. So thanks for the intro. <laughs> no problem. I just kind of I just kind of shot from the hip on that. Is that okay? Yeah, that's all right. Okay, perfect. So I was gonna say if you wrote that down, that's pathetic. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't write. I didn't write much down this this okay. this episode because this game was kind of spoke for itself. So I do though, James. Speaking of game, you you listened to the game. Obviously, you weren't able to go because it wasn't at the dome. So Correct. you you got to you you know the Billis Bayheim saga that just won't end, uh, mm-hmm. and part of that is because Billis talked about it for twenty minutes. I think he repeated himself. It was pretty unnecessary and disparaging of him to do that over and over again last night. Totally unnecessary Oof. and unnecessary. So <laughs> so give it. Give, I didn't ask you, so I don't personally know because we texted and, and I didn't yeah. bother asking you because I wanted to hear what you had to say here. So what what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah, uh, I, I guess I have some nuanced views on, on the whole Beheim Billis saga. Um, for, first, I, I'd like for it to be over. I'd like yes! for us to stop talking about it. True. That's first and foremost. Yes. And uh, I don't think anybody did themselves any favors with talking about it ad nauseum on the air, and then also Beheim bringing it up again in the post game presser. But two in to, a row. Yeah. <laughs> to, to like to bring it back from the start. You know, first, I, I think initially Beheim's comments were a little bit irresponsible and that it was a little premature to say anything there because you have to take into account that there there is the potential for doing reputational harm to a kid. And then to later admit that you haven't really seen much of him play, it just yes. seems a little irresponsible. He, he followed that up with comments Saturday saying, this is a talk show. If you have to use my, my talk show to get things to talk about, you ought to be in another profession. But it, it, it just strikes me as like he, he didn't really have the awareness that a lot of people tune into this. A lot of people pay attention to this. And um, his comments do carry weight, especially in the sport of college basketball when he's a Hall of Fame college basketball coach. Now, he might be right. He, he might end up being right. Based on what we've seen, I don't think it totally proves that Duke is better. I mean, there could be a lot of things. There could be, you know, a, a guy like Mark Williams getting an opportunity to play more. Um, there could be guys just getting better at this point of the season. Uh, are they better? You know, th- they might be. They, they might be better. Um, but so far, Beheim does look right in this situation. Um, I, I do think Jay spent a little bit too much time. I think they spent way too much time on college game day talking about it. I mean, they carved out like, I don't know if you guys watched it on Saturday, but they carved out about 20 minutes oh my gosh, just talking agonizing. about the Jalen Johnson situation and, and Jim Beheim's comments and how they looped kind of Beheim's comments in with some of the other racial undertones, some of the, the rhetoric that was used surrounding his, his quote unquote camp posse, et cetera. Um, so, so to, to tie it, you know, to, to put a freaking bow on this thing, um, I, I do think it was, it was spent too much time was spent both on Saturday and in Monday's game talking about it. I think we could put it to rest. And I don't think Jim Beheim had to say anything last night in the post-game press conference about him knowing more than Jay Billis. I don't think that had to be said. I thought that was unnecessary as well. 
Uh, I actually like that. I mean, the whole the whole thing's <laughs> unnecessary in my opinion. And Jay Billis gets to go on there and you know do it during a live broadcast and and, and, and this and that during the game. And you know what? I mean, he, he in my opinion, how I feel about it is he had it coming. I do agree with you though that it is a little irresponsible. I think that's fair to say. Uh, just the comments in general, and I think we said that, Joe. I, I, you know, when you talk about a, a, a college athlete, not only a college athlete, but a college athlete from another team, that's kind of where right. that's kind of where you could be really crossing a line. Now, when you really listen to his comments, though, I didn't think they were that bad. That's the thing. When you right. hear it come out of his mouth, it's just a comment off of a question. And it's not like he just just came out with this because it was on his mind. He was asked, and it was kind of the story recently for Duke. And he just kind of, you know how he is. He's he's an old curmudgeon. He's going to say what he he wants to say. That's why his pressers have been so kind of ridiculous this year, is the fact that he's old school. He doesn't think about the PC part of it. And you got to take the temperature of today, the last, you know, what's been going on. Everything is just... Blown out of proportion, it's and again, time. like I said, it's irresponsible because of the fact that you kind of got to know that. And I don't know if he cares, but it's just one of those things where nowadays you have to be careful of what you say, no matter what, when, what you're on, where you say it. It doesn't matter. Right. Someone's going to see it, and someone's going to blow it up, especially if you are a Hall of Fame coach. And right. that's just really what it comes from. Do I think that it was really that bad? No, I don't. I think that there's right. situations where it can't, it can not be a good fit for a player and a coach or teams, but that doesn't mean that that player is bad. And I don't right. think that ever once out of his mouth did he say that that player was bad. He just said that that team was better without him. And you see that in professional football. You see that everywhere. If if he wants to be so. an athlete, he's going to have to learn to take criticism. Anyways, these kids live in a bubble, and I I, I don't think it's I don't but none think of this it's, is on him. This has been pushed by the media. Oh, that's true, and that's the other thing. Exactly. So, um, with that said, though, look, I think Duke. I don't know if they're better, but they sure they they've won the, their their biggest game in the season against UVI, and they're on a roll right now, and they they seem to be uh, clicking. To say the very least. Yeah. And Mark Williams is a monster. So, I mean, that's just, that's that. Um, James, uh, quickly, let's get your thoughts on wrapping up. Uh, you you had a tweet out today. I don't know where it came from, but I got it from you. Uh, that we're adding a game on March 3rd against Clemson. That's going to be a home game. So we've got three left yeah. at Georgia Tech, at home against UNC, at home against Clemson. And we've got... Um, fans for the last two games too. So how do you see this wrapping up? What do you think we need to do? Um, you know, just honestly, <laughs> what you think about, what you think about that to try to get into the tournament. And I know it's not good, but let's just hear your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, Syracuse is in dire straits right now, but they're not totally out of the hunt. Um, I think Saturday is a must win in terms of they're on the road and it's their last known road opponent of the year. Could Syracuse theoretically schedule another game after Clemson that Saturday and maybe go down to Louisville or, you know, I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know what, if Louisville's even open, but, um, you know, I'm just kind of spitballing there, but <laughs> they I, I so, think they have so much yeah. to make up that who knows. Right. right. And, yeah. and who knows, maybe a game just doesn't get played. Right. So I, Louisville I think Saturday, probably in COVID. Yeah. I think Saturday is an absolute must win because they're two and six in road games. 
And so far, Syracuse hasn't proven that they can win away from home. You know, the, the 11 and one home record is, is obviously great, but typically and historically the committee likes to see you win away from home and they haven't played a neutral court game yet this year. So I, I think Saturday is, is a must win. And then, you know, obviously you want to win out, you want to put yourself in the best position possible. Um, but in terms of the, the UNC and the Clemson game, both of those are going to be quadrant two, no matter what. So, um, ideally you win one of those there at least, um, if you can get all three, that's great, but you're going to need to win, you know, the, the road game and then, you know, split maybe between those. And then you're probably going to need to win two games in the ACC tournament. Um, but you know, I mean, they, they really need wins. They need quadrant one wins. They need road wins. They need neutral court wins. Uh, right now they just really need to keep winning. But, uh, I say, you know, if you split two out of the last three, maybe you get another game in there mixed in, you can win that one and probably two at least in the ACC tournament. Yeah, it's a uphill battle, man. 0 for 5 in quad one games right now. Right. Got to hope for, like, Virginia Tech to hang tight against Georgia Tech. Got to kind of hope for these other teams to win, except for when you play them. Because they're all on the cusp right now of being quad one games, and they could end up there by the end of the season. So that's that's what we... That's where we're at at this point. Just a lot of missed opportunities. I think there was some the, – the, the home game against Louisville, the most recent one that was postponed, that was a huge opportunity. We saw what happened to Louisville when they came back, and they were just atrocious. Uh, I think Syracuse could have, could have probably got a win out of that, quad one win yeah. out of that. So, yep. anyways, all right, let's get – let's do some fan feedback. Let's do some buy-seller holds right after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So... What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. 
CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, just a couple more things real quick to wrap this up. James is listening. I know James is a sneaker guy. I'll get to that in a second for him. But first, bet online. James is not a betting guy, but that's okay. Joe is, and maybe you are. Head over to Bet Online. They've got everything you can imagine. The professional basketball league, college basketball, NHL, NASCAR. It's all there. It's all in full swing, and it's at Bet Online. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, James. So you could bet on your reality TV shows, whatever those might be. Joe likes The Bachelor, right. The Bachelorette. I mean, maybe you do Survivor or something cool like that. Uh, real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to their website today. Use your mobile device. Sign up. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code ARMCHAIR. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. And where is eBay? Here we go. Here we go. Ready for this? Whether you're looking for rare dead stock or the latest releases, find that exotic shoe you're looking for on eBay, the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop a pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, guarantee a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're even sent to you so you can shop confidently. Knowing your pair is the real deal. Ask for, um, in for the seeker sellers out there. Maybe you're a sneaker seller. Maybe, maybe not. eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25% off the top, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check them out. eBay.com slash sneakers today. That's eBay.com slash sneakers today. Thank you ebay.com slash sneakers. All right. So, where were we? Sneakers. You guys dig that? eBay? eBay. You guys dig it. People use eBay still? Dude, I just used eBay the other day. Only because you got a promo code. No, the sneakers (laughs) I bought off of eBay, I didn't have the promo code. I bought those a while back, by the way. Oh, my bad, bro. Orange Air Force Ones. I wear them when Syracuse wins. And they're up on the shelf today in the bin. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they are. Let's do. Let's let's do. <laughs> let's here's here's here, here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Buy, sell, or hold. Let's go to James first. Jim Beheim's so. replacement will abandon the Q's tradition of excuse uh, exclusively operating under the two three zone. <laughs> Just speculative. By the way, by the way, hold on. The rules, Can you repeat that? The rules Can you repeat the question? Are, yeah, yeah, I will here in a second, Joe. After I explain the rules, oh. because it's for, oh the new rules. Because there say? was one buy seller hold. No, there was one buy seller hold in the last show that came up randomly in fan feedback. Is one of them one one, and Joe held, which is dumb. That's stupid. So you have to <laughs> you have to have at least three to use a hold. First of all, which is where we're going to be at today. 
but you can only use one hold regardless. There no, could be 20 there could be 20 of them. There's only one Joe hold. Joe uses two holds anyways usually. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jim mm-hmm. Beheim's replacement will abandon the Q's tradition of ex- exclusively operating under the 2-3 zone. It's just speculative. I would buy. This question's terrible though, but I know, because it I just know, all but... depends on the next hire. Yeah, I would. Uh, well, I we think it's an easy buy. I, I think it's an easy hold. Really? So it, it all depends. Well, it all depends on who the next hire is. I mean, everybody yep. wants uh, like Billy Donovan, and what if Billy Donovan comes in there? And I shouldn't really say that because it get people thinking that. But you know, it, it all depends on if it's a former Syracuse guy. If it's a former Syracuse guy, you know, there's a good chance that they might play a little two-three zone. But if it's a non-Syracuse guy, maybe they do. Or maybe it becomes a situation where, like, every now and then Roy Williams will run, like, the four corners just to, you know, kind of tip his cap to Dean Smith. Maybe that sort of happens. But it, it all just depends on the next hire. We don't know who that is. There's yeah. no he, sense. He may never retire. That's what I'm saying. There you're going to make forever. us You're gonna make us use our hold in the first one. That's what you're doing. That's I what mean, you're that's doing. that's an easy buy for me, I think. Whatever. How? Is who, that an easy cares? buy? Who cares? Because. The, 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 because listen, who cares? Listen. You just give your answer and who cares? <laughs> no, okay. no, All right, no, cool. because here's the thing Thanks for your explanation there. He'll abandon the Q's tradition of ex- exclusively operating under the two, three zone. <sighs> okay. Yeah. It's an easy buy for me. I'm sorry, guys. You guys are making this way more complicated than it needs to be. You know, you guys, you, attend to, you know, what? You, you tend to, you tend to gang up on me though. You tend to gang up. No, on me. I'm, gonna, I'm getting a little sick of what it. If actually. It's, what if it's Mike Hopkins? What if it's G-Mac? I I got to be honest That's with you. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see something more exotic. It's just me. Uh, like a one three one, maybe more exotic. No, I mean coach wise. Like oh okay. Yeah. Oh, so you just want to just get rid of La Familia? No, that's okay. not what I'm saying. They can still be there. Well, Hopkins isn't there anyways. Besides, I doubt Hopkins coming. He might be soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad now Sorry. at this point. I Sorry. know. Uh, okay. All right. You guys suck. All right. So let's see. Let's do this one. Let's do this one. Buy, sell, or hold from at baptized by fire seven on the Twitter. Richmond starts at point guard the rest of the season. James. I'm going to sell. Uh, however, this is something I've been thinking about because he did start the second half at Duke, right? So do we see him start at Georgia Tech Saturday? That's something I've been thinking about. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I would lean towards Gerard keeps his starting spot just because it's been that way all season. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be totally surprised at this point to see Kadari get a starting role. I wouldn't be surprised. I would, I would sell. And only yeah. because it says the rest of the season. So... I do think he starts, though, somewhere. I don't know if it's Georgia Tech. I don't know if it's UNC. I have no idea. But not for the rest of the season. I think Joe's definitely going to give – he's going to have another shot in there somewhere. Because like Coach says, I mean, he, he has good practices. I mean, he keeps having good practices. He's going to put them out there. It's just in-game, situ- yeah, in-game situations, Joe just has been flat. I mean, to say the very least, he's just been flat. Joe, what say you? Sell. Okay. But it's not by far. I'm kind of right there with James. I know that we spoke about it earlier about how he did start him in the second half, and it's something he hasn't done all year. So it's kind of 
But I think that Joe Girard, I think he will start against Georgia Tech. But I think that this past game and starting Kadari was kind of like the last warning shot of like, hey, bud, <laughs> you got to figure it out. Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with that is as far as I think that this is his warning shot. I think he's got one more. If he comes out against Georgia Tech and has played the way that he has probably the past two-plus games or whatever, then I think Kadari is going to be starting very shortly after. How, how do you think it, about – what do you think about Kadari, James? What are your thoughts? Because yeah. we haven't talked till, we haven't talked on the air since very early about, about Kadari. Yeah, he's pretty darn good. You, you know what would be interesting – if if Kadari does start at any point, how many sophomore point guards at Syracuse have lost their starting role over the past oh, six geez. years? I can, you know, I couldn't name one. Caleb Joseph in, in 2015, 2016. Frank, Frank Howard. Howard. Yeah, Frank Howard. The following year. Yep. Jalen Carey last year. So it, it would be it would be Jalen Carey started the year last year for for those that's, who might have forgotten. That's right. He did start. Yeah. He did. So it's. It's interesting, but yeah, I mean, we, we all see it with Kadari, right? I mean, he's he's really good, man. I mean, he's really good out on the perimeter. He kind of he hits you with that little inside out and a little like hesitation, and he gets by it. He finds a way just to shake his guy and create an angle and gets right by him, gets to the rim. And even when he's got a guy in front of him, I mean, he's kind of got that floater. Um, but he's really good around the ten. I mean, you see him kind of using um, either hand when he gets in there, and he's yeah. he's so crafty with it, like. There was a play last night when he drove. He was on the right-hand side, and I think he had – it was Mark Williams who, who saw him at the rim, and he went with the left on the right-hand side and got fouled. He missed it. He had a chance for the and one. But if he goes up right-handed, you're traditional – you know, you're supposed to use your right hand on the right side uh, of the rim, obviously. But if he goes up right-hand, he gets blocked. So he was really crafty. And then there was the move right before the half – um, where he got by and he kind of had a defender on his hip and he just finished right at the 10 with the left on the right hand side. And, you know, you see kids do that nowadays so they don't get blocked. Uh, but he's, he's got that. I mean, he's got it all in he, his game. He's done he that hit a three bunch. last night. We don't, we don't expect him to do that. Right. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's, the sky's the limit for him. You know, once he improves that jumper and, um, kind of learns how to react to how people are adjusting to play him, I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what we spoke about. I mean, I talked to Sean yeah, we, about that too when we, he was going using his left hand to the right side. Like, there were, not ev- not everybody can do that. There was a that's like a special kind of different way to play basketball, and Kadari's got that. And he's he's a great ball handler. He gets low. He you know he he can get by people. He constantly does it. And there was a sequence, Joe, or James, that we talked about earlier where Joe was trying to play hero ball and he's dribbling all over the damn place. Almost got the ball stolen from him. Ended up shooting a really long three. It looked ridiculous. And then Kadari comes, you know, gets the rebound, chucks it off, gets it back, and then just whips by uh, down into, down, just blasts right to the rim and, and makes the layup. And, you know, it's kind of, uh, telling, very telling, and when you see stuff yeah. like that as a Syracuse fan, there's no wonder the clamor is for Kadari, and I understand it. No. So, no, and it's not hard to tell that he's the best defensive guard out there, too. Oh yeah, no absolutely. question. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Kyle on Facebook, buy, sell, or hold. Should Richmond get the, should Richmond get the starting spot over JD three? Okay, so we just did. He will for the rest of the year. Now, should he, Joe? Who's picking these? Um, I'm picking them. What are you talking about? Of course he should. 
So bye. I think most people that are watching are going to say bye. James. If you look at it through the lens of your best player should be starting, then, then yes. Uh, Joe's hashed this point out many times on the show. It's not about who starts. It really isn't. Um, he kind of gives you a different look off the bench, so that's the benefit there too. Uh, but, you know, also in the last two games, Syracuse has built themselves a deep hole early defensively. So maybe that's a new wrinkle that needs consideration. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, if you look at it through the lens of your best player should be starting, then, then yeah, Kadari Richmond should be starting. Uh, bye. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. But we've said before on the show, Joe says it all the time, and I agree. It doesn't matter who starts, you know. You can always make that adjustment. The problem is, is we've been the past two games getting in these holes so quick. Last night's turnovers, I mean, you had five. I think you had almost five before Kadari even came in, and we were and they were they were scoring points off of them. So we got in a hole quick. Kadari's not out there. Now you have to make the adjustment, and you're yeah. you're playing from behind again. So to to with that said, I would buy um, Anthony on the Facebook. Buy, sell, or hold. This team won't win another game this season. James. Yeah, I'm going to sell that. Okay. Uh, you know, there's plenty of opportunity. There's at least three more regular season games. You're looking at an ACC tournament game. And then, you know, Syracuse fans won't want to hear it, but the NIT is getting played this year. So if they don't win any of those, there's an, at least another chance for an NIT win. So, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an easy sell for me. Joe. Yep, me too. That's a sell. That's easy. Yeah, we'll win. That's a that's a that's a sell for me too. We'll we'll have to win. I mean, there's no way. I don't think we have a three game losing streak this year. So, uh, and we've rebounded. We've rebounded pretty good too. So, um, and it would actually it would actually be a four game losing streak if it if that were to come to fruition. Five. I'm sorry. Six. It would be six. Because I'm keep keep thinking you got <laughs> thinking about got, the next level. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyways, yeah, sell. So, uh, they're gonna win something. Here's one though, and I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna specify on this one because Alex Alex puts it out there, but I'm gonna I'll I'll clean it up. Buy, sell, or hold that Georgia Tech is a must win quad a must win game. Okay, and that means don't be. We're not talking about the ACC tournament and how deep they go there. Georgia Tech is a must win game. James, you already said it. Yeah, yeah. Bye. I mean, we, we talked about this right yeah. at the top. I, I'm a, I'm a buy. I'm not. I'm really not a big fan of the must win thing. Right. Um, even though I did use it, so I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. But that's okay. Yeah, uh, buy. <laughs> but I'm gonna go buy. They, they need it. They need it for the quad one, and they need it for the road. They can accomplish both of those things. They won't have an opportunity like that the rest of the way. Uh, must win. Bye. Joe. I agree it's the easiest path, but you know how I do this whole buy, sell, or hold thing. Like, as long as yeah, you're being there's the, the ACC tournament, and as long, I, just, I don't even know. I just said, though. We're not but counting I'm, that. You, okay, <laughs> so we're not, counting the, we're not counting the guarantee into the tournament? Okay. Do, uh, let's, let's just take a look at Syracuse's track record well, in the ACC tournament well, the real quick. Day, let's put it this way. For, for either the automatic bid or the at-large bid. For the at-large bid, okay. is it a must-win? <sighs> Lord, I say it's a must-win regardless. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it, I'm buying. 
I'll, I'll, I'll just go out. I'll, I'll go out of turn here because I feel like it's that easy. My whole th- well, I guess <laughs> I, I don't think it's that easy because the 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 schedules aren't consistent across the board. Like we don't even know how the NCAA is going to look at these teams. No non conference. I mean, all these different things. I mean, Lenardi, he's used to this other stuff. Who's I mean, talking who, about? It? We is have that no guy idea. Still relevant? What is this? Is Joe Lenardi still I'm, relevant? I'm just saying this isn't a normal year at all, not even close. So I don't even know how they're going to look at a team that's playing like 26 Louisville. games versus right. somebody that's yes, exactly. Right. I have no idea. So it's very that's why it's hard for me. But when you really look at it, then yes, if you look at it normally through a normal year, I would say yes, absolutely. This it's a must win. Okay. Uh, top fan. <laughs> On Facebook. Buy, sell, or hold. He's got three here. I'm going to do one. I'm just going to try to move this thing along. Three. Here. Yeah, he's got three. He's got three. Let's do this one. Damn. Let's do um, – because, well, some of them we've kind of already touched on, and one's kind of difficult. Not that I'm taking the easy way out. I'm just saying. Um, okay. Buy, sell, or right. hold. <laughs> buy, sell, or hold. Marek Ibrahma used the extra year of eligibility next year and will return for Syracuse. Both of them? Yes. No. Really? You think one of them doesn't? I think both of them will not. Really? No. I'm saying I think both of them will not. There's a possibility. Maybe one of them wants to come back. I don't really? think they're getting this both This is of interesting. Them this is interesting. Because, yeah. I mean, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. I mean, Mark, he just fits right in. Where's he going? Why not? You know, and then you look at Brahman. I mean, he's been he's been robbed of so much playing time. I mean, you know, it's just like kind of, you know, if he can come back and be healthy next year, the dude's played like what under 10 minutes for the whole season. He was injured the first four minutes of the season and played a couple of 15 minutes overall. Is it 15 minutes overall? Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I just feel like he's got he's he wants, you know, he's got a motivation to come back. And Mark, I mean, the dude just. He drips Syracuse to me. Like, if he didn't come back, I'd be so disappointed. To get a fifth year of Mark would be amazing. I would, I would buy. Just I think Beheim's lobbying for it based on the post game presser comments because he's, he's man, he is he's all over all some Dole, huh? Toward, toward Doja and the pressers, but yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, Doja. Wait, do you know something we do. don't, James? Do you know something we don't? Is that what this no, is? No, I have no, I have no inside intel. This okay. is just. You know, going off a of feel, but I, I think for Marek, there's there's a chance he could get a check in Europe. I mean, he's going to play somewhere. That's you know, true. He's not an NBA player, but he can get a check playing pro ball. Um, you know, both these guys are going to have degrees, right? So uh, maybe they want to go out into the world. But Barama, though, education is very important to Barama. Very um, smart. He's a very bright student, yeah. so there there might be a chance for him to come back and work toward an advanced degree. So. Um, you know, maybe there's that component and then, you know, obviously wanting to finish out strong. So maybe, maybe he does want to come back. Um, but I, I could see Marek maybe wanting to leave and, you know, starting his pro career somewhere. Okay. I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. I just, I guess my mind's more of an emotional answer. I just want him to come back. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes it works. So I'll put my money. Where, answer. I'll put my money where see, my this, mouth this is. This would on be that. my hold. This would be my hold if you didn't force it in the beginning. Because I can see both ways, to be perfectly honest with you. Because I mean, who knows if Barama City? Who knows if he can come back? What Number you, one. Well, right, right with his injury, sure. 
I mean, he's got so many knee issues. Who knows if that's even a thing that's a real thing. And then yeah. when you look at Dolzhai, I mean, maybe he does want to go back to Europe and get a check. I mean, his wear and tear maybe of four years sick here is probably like six. Yeah. yeah, does he need another year of getting run over by centers in the ACC? I don't know. I mean, you might as well get paid to do it, right? So you ain't lying. I'm just saying there's so many different little aspects there, uh, but I'm – it's so hard because I, as a fan, I'm right there with you, Sean. Like I look at it like it's a no-brainer. But CDB's got to be healthy, and Dolzhai's got to not want to go get a cash a paycheck. And who knows what his personal life's like next, like out in Europe and his family yeah. and stuff. So sure he misses I think home, that, that that would be my hold. But I would say sell if if you had to put both of them because I just don't think that both of them are gonna like. There's something. There's something's gonna happen. Either one of them's gonna take a paycheck or or Sadibi can't play. Something's gonna happen. They're not both gonna come back. Fair enough. Fair enough. I got Dolezal does like the pizza in Europe better than, than what? the U.S. So what he does, yeah, yeah. Dude, Syracuse got some good pie, bro. There's some good pie. But Holy moly! Have you ever been? This. Have you ever been over to Slovakia or Slovenia? I've never had Slovakian pie. No. You've never had pie from Bratislava. <laughs> Oh, no, here's a funny thing though. Here's a funny thing real, real quick. Yeah, no, I've been I've only been as far west as uh <laughs> Bristol, Tennessee and as far north as Niagara Falls. So, wow. yeah. So that's, you know, I'm a sheltered 42-year-old man. So <laughs> not been many places. I pretty much stick right to the East Coast. So, uh so it's uh, the right coast. Yeah, by the way, interesting enough that uh we get downloads out of Slovakia, by the way. Just throwing that out there. It's been that way for, <laughs> listening. for a while too. So if you're listening from Slovakia, pizza. much love. Send me some pizza, yeah. Uh so okay. <laughs> one more, one more. Uh top fan Jesse on Facebook. He's got three. I'm gonna do one and then we're gonna I'll now wrap this thing up here. Okay. James, I could talk to you for two hours, buddy. I really could. No. Um, and we could do the rest of fan the fan feedback, but I'm sorry, we're gonna we got so many buy seller holds. I think it's just best to try to hit as many as we can. One more along the same lines, buy seller hold. Joe, I'm gonna give this one to you first since you um, had you had, did such a good job on the last one explaining uh, your 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 stance on that. Quincy returns next year. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay. I mean, I, Joe, I'm I'm right there with you. The way he's played, the way he started playing, and the way that he's playing now, and I know that there's there's things in between there, and there's matchup issues and all this other stuff. But what I see with my eyes is that he has not gotten better. Uh, James, Joe, and I talked about this before you came on, but it seems like if he's doing anything, he's regressing, and um, the NBA talks should be squashed for right now, in my opinion. What do you think, James? So I think he's gone uh, okay. <laughs> to take the other Golly, side. Golly, this um, guy. Who invited this guy on? <laughs> it makes for a more entertaining show. Both yeah. of us. No. <laughs> no, go ahead, uh, though. I, I hear you. Go ahead. No, I think for some guys, too, like, obviously you want to get to the NBA, but sometimes it's just better to start your professional career. Like, how, how many years can these guys really play professional ball? I mean, if, if you take – 10 years and that might even be ambitious as, as an average if you take 10 years of your professional career why why would you want to spend another year in college not getting paid when that could be 10 percent of your professional earnings so I, I think for some guys it, it makes sense 
I don't know how much better he's going to get to improve his draft stock. Um, but, but I, I do think he is a better player. I do think he is a better player this year. We've seen it with it, with his shooting. Um, he struggled in recent games, finishing in the paint over Tons. taller defenders. Yeah. That's an area that's got to be improved. But uh, I do think he's a better player, and I do think it makes sense for him to go pro after this year. I think, yeah, I think it makes sense. I think it's, I think it's, it's probably, it's. I mean, it's. It might be likely. I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick. With I mean, I'm gonna, I mean, let's put it this way, right? Like, as a as a player, you could go over overseas after one year of college and play out your eight to ten, eleven year. And you can make enough money if you are financially, you know, Smart. sound and you make the right decisions to not have to work for the rest of your life. And you don't need the education. You just need to make right decisions. So you can make that all happen. And the longer that it takes, like like what James to James point, like you take another year or two, you never that's taking money out of your pocket. It's taking a decent chunk, especially somebody like Quincy, because if he doesn't make the NBA, he's making decent money overseas. So um, I definitely can understand that 100% in that way. But yeah. at the same time, something tells me that that forward that came to him and said didn't play defense in the first half was him. And uh, <laughs> you can't have that kind of attitude or effort in – I mean, I'm just saying it's it's not going to help. So he's got to start playing. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that to me personally, when I see him, I can tell when he's turned on and when he's not even interested. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's 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 sew up the game with this. Uh, a, a, just a rough game against Duke. Uh, I knew it was coming, by the way, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh Monday at Q's Water Boy says, I, cra- I crap my pants once at Taste of Syracuse about two-thirds of the way through eating a total of $39 samples of some of the most delicious, uh, often fried food this fine city provides. Threw my drawers out, cleaned up, and finished. That day was more enjoyable than this game. So Wait, what did he say? <laughs> What? That's the most outlandish thing I've seen or heard all day. Yeah. Did he admit to crapping his pants because of fried food? Would yeah. he go to the Taste of Syracuse, wait, crap his wait. pants, and that was a better day than 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 what? that was more enjoyable than than the Duke game? So, they, <sighs> hey, I, that's how it looks. Sweet is all. What, James? He's always in the reply. He's always got something good to say, but man, somebody's got to censor him, man. <laughs> Someone's got a sense. Waterboy, I, I, I say this out of love. Hey, man, he's willing to go on t- in Twitter and admit he crapped his pants. That's on him, right? So, uh, quickly, let's see. James, well, you predicted, because you put it in writing, and it's everywhere to be seen by the by the entire public. Mm. Oh, yeah. You did that. You did that. You did that. 75 to 74, one-point win for Syracuse. Oof. Joe, seventy-four to sixty-eight win for Syracuse, and I reluctantly, reluctantly went against my own beloved Orange with an mm. eighty to sixty-eight win for Duke. What did it end up being? Eighty-five, seventy-one. That's pretty damn close, if I do say so myself. That's why you do that. Hey, look. I mean, some of us have certain skills in certain areas. Okay. Certain ne- skills. N- neither one of ours is 
doing this. But it's still fun if I make predictions and I get close. Well, damn it, I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Oh, so if the roles were reversed, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Probably no, not. I know. It wouldn't Probably even have got brought up. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love you guys. James. Uh, dude, yeah, hmm. James, we got to do this again. Let's do this again before either once the landscape is out there, once we can see what Syracuse is going to be doing, NIT, uh, NCAA, let's take a look at a path. I want to have you on, if you would, and we'll discuss that. And uh, from here on out, let's just, you know, go Qs. Keep doing the your thing, James. Before the tournament? Yeah. yeah before once... the ACC tournament? No, 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 no. Once we have a clear picture of what Syracuse is going to be doing, we have a bracket, okay, so... we have something to look at, and we can see a path. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's like that's Selection Sunday? Because we, we might not know until Selection Sunday. Seriously. That's awfully true. It's awfully true. No. But 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 if we but if but if we do know, but then we'll we'll figure it out. Why aren't they aren't they pushing that stuff back? They're doing selection Sunday and then they're pushing it back a week. Aren't they pushing yeah. it to the weekend? Yeah. Right? Maybe maybe we should do a selection Sunday live show. Maybe we should do our own? Well, I mean I'd be oh, down, man. but who else do you think I'm talking about? Joe, shut up. The Marshall Street podcast. Oh, that one. <laughs> They had a great pizza. The Marshall Street Podcast is a great pizza. Okay. Um, all right. That's all we got. That's all we got. Okay. I appreciate James coming on, buddy, and enduring uh, Joe with me. And thanks for sharing my pain. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate all of you for hanging out with us and James. And thanks for the buy, seller holds. You guys killed it this time. You really, really did. I'm really, really proud of you. Thank you to Bet Online. Thank you to eBay Sneakers. For Joe and James, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. eBay sneakers, baby. eBay sneakers. Go get yourself. Gotta get those eBay sneakers. See what happens when we put out work instructions for the buy-seller holds? It's a beautiful thing. Psych. Boom.